0: Welcome to The Mind School, the classroom for your mind and soul, where we design our lives from the inside out. Here you will find a human first approach to life, business and relationships to create freedom, growth and constant evolution through mindset, emotional intelligence, leadership and connection to self. I'm your host, Brianna May educator, CEO, mindset and business mentor and my mission is to teach the things we were never taught at school so that no dream is left on the pillow and no purpose left unfulfilled. Here you can expect a lot of laughs and thought-provoking conversations as we squeeze every drop of juice from this beautiful, precious, crazy thing called life. Hello, welcome back. Hello and happy 2024. I am so excited to be here. It's been a hot fucking minute. It's been a month since I've recorded and I have never gone so long between recording. I've never taken... I've never taken more than a week off, I believe. I could be wrong, but maybe a week or two ever in the whole time that this podcast has been around and we're up to nearly 200 episodes. So that's a lot of podcasting. And to have a month off, I just feel so much I want to talk about. I've just spent today, all day actually, sprawled out like a crazy person with my files and my laptop and my microphone and my pencils and my big A3 butcher paper. And there's just so much that I want to talk about. I actually wrote like the whole curriculum today, the whole curriculum outline for the Mind School Method, and there's just so much exciting stuff happening. I have sort of alluded to the Mind School Method on the pod in the last few episodes, but there will be more coming about that. So this is just today. I actually have an episode that I want to talk to you about, and you can see from the title, it's all about building confidence and self-trust and power and conviction and everything you need to really go big and make everything happen. But before I dive into that, I actually wanted to just share a little bit of a life update and the lessons that have come from it and also just my experience from taking a month off. I know that this is a very privileged position to be in. I'm aware of the fact that I'm very blessed and also not lucky. I will never use the word lucky. I've worked really, really hard to be in the position where I can have a month off and it doesn't impact my income. It doesn't impact my business. It doesn't impact my clients. My clients listening (laughs) and everyone who I worked with before 2024, we were very, very clear on. What was their strategy moving forward? What were they going to execute while I took a month off? My clients don't need me. We don't have codependent relationships and I'm really, really proud of that. And so it's been really cool to take a month off without having to worry. And like I said, that's something I've worked really hard for. It's been quite intentional and I'm really, really blessed and grateful to be in that position. However, even though, and you might resonate with this, even though it sounds really lovely, like oh, I get to have a month off. I'm going to be with my family. I'm going to like do all of these things. I'm going to go to the beach. I'm not going to be on my laptop. I'm not going to take my phone, all of these different things. That sounds really fun. It sounds really like expansive and abundant and all of these things. But actually I would ask you listening, if in reality, the thought of switching off and not being productive and getting nothing done and not looking at your to-do list would actually bring up any kind of feelings for you. And I ask this because it definitely has for me in the past. And I work with lots of clients who generally speaking, are quite high achieving, are quite used to being in their go, go, go energy. They're used to being in their heads. They're used to being very productive. That's how they get shit done. They love that feeling. And so sometimes for myself included taking time off and not being productive is actually where the growth is because it's the thing that's uncomfortable. It's the thing that actually takes a bit of deprogramming and relaxing out of, and that can be a bit of a process. And I understand if anyone listening resonates with that and goes, oh God, I hate, you know, we think we want time freedom. We think we want All of, you know, we want to have these long morning routines or we want to have freedom to create our own days or whatever. But my question to you is, can you actually handle the feeling of being unproductive even right now? even right now with wherever you're at in your life can you can you actually switch off can you be present now can you take time to actually switch off and get out of your head because if you can't now you're not going to be able to later even though you say you want more time freedom if you can't master it now you're never going to have time freedom because even when you have it you're going to feel really stressed because mentally you'll be thinking about other things that you could be doing you'll be in a guilt cycle and you won't actually ever have true freedom because your internal space will be a little bit of like a a corporal. Like it's like you've got this corporal in your mind that's screaming at you to be productive and do more and get shit done. And so you're never going to have actual freedom internally. And so that's just one thing that I think is a really cool thing to think about. And just on that with everything, also bring your awareness to when we are deprogramming or untraining or unlearning a piece of us that has been heavily conditioned, say, for example, something like this, where we want to go from go, 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 always in our masculine, holy shit, I don't know how to stop, to fully slow down, present, knowing how to relax, knowing how to switch off, knowing how to create space. Sometimes what we do when we're trying to change or transition or evolve in some way is we completely pendulum swing And we sort of live between extremes. So either full go or full sloth mode, but not knowing how to sort of oscillate between the two. So let me give you a practical example. When I first left my teaching career and I started my full-time business, I was so deeply in my like go, go, go energy. And my whole life was regimented as in Term by term, week by week, day by day, almost every hour was accounted for. Like I had a ten-minute buffer between things, and it was like, okay, alarms on five past, ten past. I'm at the gym. From the gym straight to school. From school straight to co-curricular. From co-curricular straight to marking. From marking, get dinner on. Dong, 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 dong. Weekends, la la. Like it was so regimented, and I actually thrived in that sort of for a while. I thrived for quite some time, and I did really well, and I was very productive, and I was loving it. And then two much of that energy because everything must exist in balance right like there's always checks and balances in nature and it's the same with us too much of that eventually I started to burn out I started to lose momentum it didn't feel good anymore and then what happened when I left is that I went complete pendulum swing and I completely rebelled against any form of structure I rebelled against planning I rebelled against anyone telling me where I needed to be and what time I wanted everything to be slow and I got really good at that kind of until all of a sudden too much of that was like, holy shit, I don't know what weighs up. I don't know if I'm Arthur or Martha. What day is it? Where am I meant to be? And I wasn't productive and there was too much of that energy. And so having the awareness of both and understanding and experiencing both is really great because it allows us to embody both. But what we want to do is begin to see where one one energy or one mindset or one behavior is probably being overdone and where we can start to implement and integrate both so that we're in energetic harmony, so that we've got our own checks and balances, so that we've got our own sort of way of just bringing everything into neutrality and balance. And so this was just one of the sort of reflections I had while I took a month off was that I could see when I had started to feel like, okay, I've had enough time off. I actually can see how, if this was to be prolonged for any longer, it would no longer feel good and it would start to feel really bad. And so, it's just even that reflection for myself personally of knowing I can have time off and it can feel really good, but there's always a point where it actually feels no good anymore. And everyone will have different points. And it's just bringing awareness to what do you need to do, first of all, to bring those energies into harmony so that you can be more sustained in whatever it is that you're doing but also watching when too much of anything is never a good thing and just preventing that so that might mean okay you might know that you've got about 8 weeks of hustle in you and then you need to stop and really reprioritize that chill time or it might mean that you're the kind of person who loves to have a really really structured life but you love to have your afternoons free or your nights off it's just really checking yourself so that you can watch where one thing no longer is helpful and you need to bring everything back into balance. And that was just, like I said, something that I thought about when I was when I took that month off is that, okay, I think that two, two or three weeks is probably good for me and that's just a nice new piece of awareness really. And so with that said, <laughs> massive big rant and introduction there with 10 minutes but that was a nice little mini training. Let me know if you got something from the intro there, fam. I want to go into... Something that I've noticed in the online space, in a lot of the sort of mindset world, in the coaching industry, in even when I read a lot of one-on-one coaching applications and when I have conversations with my clients, there is a lot of talk and you've heard the buzzwords like and you know how important it is. It's so important that we have confidence. It's so important that we have self-trust. It's so important that we have our own internal power and conviction in whatever it is our message is or conviction in our abilities, conviction in our message, conviction in our desires, conviction that everything can and will happen for you. It's so important that we have these things. And I'm going to contradict myself here because also what this has done, this over- Over-importance on having these things, I've noticed, is making people stop taking action because they're waiting until they have the confidence. They're waiting until they have the self-trust. They're waiting until they feel that internal power. They're waiting until they feel convicted to make a move. And how will you know if you've gotten caught in this complete paradox and this complete flawed way of thinking is that you might find you say things like, oh, I just don't feel confident enough to do that yet. Or you might be dimming yourself down and playing really, really small and stepping back from the things that you know you should be doing to take you towards where you're going. You might be someone who's watching other people go and do all of these big, scary things. Or maybe you're just watching people seem to have all of this success and you're thinking, they're just so confident. I wish I could do that. Or how do I wish I could have that amount of power or trust or whatever it is? Or maybe you're asking your mentor or your coach, how can I build more self trust? How can I build more confidence? Maybe you read all the books about confidence maybe you've got something you want, but you feel too nervous to do it. All of this usually sort of highlights that you are waiting to feel confident. You are waiting to feel a certain way before you take action. And that is absolutely flawed thinking. How do you feel secure? How do you feel safe? How do you feel trust? How do you feel power? How do you feel conviction? How do you feel confident and competent in something? Is that you do it when you feel none of those things. So let me give you a practical example. I am fully convicted that I can drive a manual car without stalling. (laughs) Actually, it's been a while. I should have chosen a different example. It's been a while since I drove a manual car, but you get my drift. See what I did there? Catch my drift. (laughs) Um, uh, So I, I do. I fully trust that I can drive a manual car. I believe with a certain level of conviction and authority that I can, he'll start, I'm convicted that I can take any manual car and get from A to B. But what got me to that level of trust and power and conviction and confidence was that I learned to do it. I did the thing without the feeling of confidence and trust and conviction and power. I did it when I I did the action without feeling the end result. The end results come from doing the thing without the feeling that you want. So when you're saying, I don't have the confidence to do the thing yet, so I won't do the thing, it's completely backwards. When you're saying, I don't have the self-trust, Or the internal power. And so I won't do it. What you're doing is you're got, you're literally setting up a behavior pattern. You're literally setting up a process where you need to wait for an end result feeling to do the thing to give you the end result. Let me say that again. You're waiting for the end result feeling. So when you go through the actions, the end result is that you will feel confident. When you go through the actions, the end result is that you will trust yourself. When you go through the actions, the end result is that you will feel convicted and you will feel safe and you will feel powerful. When you go through the actions, you feel those end result feelings But you are waiting until you feel those end result feelings to take the first step at the beginning. How are you going to feel those end result feelings if you haven't yet done the work to feel the things? And so we have this back to front idea that like oh I need all this self-trust to be able to do the thing and don't get me wrong yes it's important that you've got self-trust and confidence and belief but can you do things even without any of those feelings can you still do the actions Anything that you currently feel confident in, anything that you currently feel a certain level of conviction or power came from you doing things when you didn't feel those things. It was the absence of confidence and the repetitive action that gave you the end result of confidence. So we need to stop saying, how do I build more confidence? How do I build more self-trust? The question is, what do you need to do to get that at the end. It's not something you have in the beginning. When you watch a child, like we really have forgotten how the learning process goes down. Think about a child. It's so much when you look at it through the lens of learning and a child's learning, it just makes so much more sense. But for some reason, as adults, we forget the, the basics of learning. When you watch a child learn to read, would they be able to confidently say, oh, yeah, I can read that Harry Potter book. They're in year one. They're just learning. No, no they go in stages. They don't feel confident at all. They don't have any conviction in their reading skills. They don't have any internal power. They wouldn't be able to stand there fully convicted in their self-trust and be like, I know that I can read that Harry Potter book. No way. But what happens all of a sudden, they get to year three or four or five and they're reading Harry Potter books and they're fully convicted that I can read and they're fully excited and they trust that I can take out this book from the library and and I can pick a book from this basket and I know that I'll be able to read it. How did they get there? Is that they repetitively did the action of learning, of getting things wrong, of doing things again, of going up slightly a stage and then maybe fumbling a bit and then going up a little bit more to the next stage and then maybe getting some support and asking for help. And then over time, this person, this child is a pretty confident reader. Did they wait to feel confident to learn to read? No they did it and they repeated it and they repeated it and they repeated it. And the end result was confidence. And so while I love the conversation and to some extent, I'm probably responsible for a lot of the conversation around self-trust and, and all of those things, because self-trust is fucking important. Let's not get it twisted. However, can you rely on the trust that Even though I don't know what I'm doing, even though I don't feel confident, even though I'm not feeling convicted or in my power, I'm going to do the action pieces. I'm going to continuously repeat the behaviors that are going to enable me to then feel the confidence. Trust yourself that you can hold yourself in the fumbling stage. Trust yourself that you can do it even though you don't feel how you want to feel right now. So what this really comes back to is, again, like everything, it's like building our emotional capacity to hold the awkwardness, to hold the fumbles, to hold the feeling like a dickhead, to hold the, oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing. And that is actually where a lot of us don't know how to handle it because of all the underlying stuff that might might be going on because we're not afraid. Let's, let's really look at this. And this is where I'm going to ask you to unpack a little bit further. So bring into your awareness. What is the thing you're holding back on? Where is it that you're saying, Oh, wait until I feel more confident. I'll wait until I blah. I'll wait until I'm more convicted. I wait until I how ha- I wait, blah, insert whatever your story is. What is the thing that you're not doing because you don't yet feel how you believe you're meant to feel? Now, if you were confident, convicted in your power, safe, all those things, if you were feeling those things, what actions would you constantly take? What actions would you, would you consistently do? How would that person, even if you think of someone who is fully convicted and in their power and confident in the thing that it is you are aiming towards? What kind of actions does that person take in the beginning to get there? How did they get to that level? What actions did they repeatedly do to land them in the end result feeling? Now, you're probably going to have a couple action steps or behaviors that you will need to do. Let's just take it back to the driving thing. Let's say I was, okay, I would probably get in my car for an hour a day and learn how to do hill starts for example, or I would actually get in my car every single day and learn how to reverse park. (laughs) Still honestly, not very good at that. Unless I've got a reverse camera. Don't, I'm not a good driver. I'm just going to be honest. That's not a limiting belief. That's a fact. Um, so if I was someone who wanted to be a confident manual driver, I would repeatedly get in the car and drive the manual. Am I actually afraid of the gear stick? Driving a manual car. Is it the gear stick that petrifies me? No, it is a fucking gear stick. It's a neutral thing. It is neutral. There's something else going on under it that is where the fear is. It's not the action itself. The action itself is neutral. So let's say your thing is jumping on a live, jumping on a live, right? But you're petrified. Jumping on a live, the actual action is literally pressing a button on your phone and talking. And you can't tell me that you're not confident at those two things. It's pressing a button on your phone. You do it a million times a day and it's talking. You talk every single day. The action is not what you're afraid of. It's underneath. You're afraid of something else and it's underneath the action that you're actually afraid. You're afraid of, oh, but when I do that, people might judge me. Oh, but what if I actually do all the practice and my driving instructor fails me? What if I fail and I have to tell all the kids at school that I failed my first driving test? that is the fear. It's not the action. You're not afraid of the action. You're afraid of something underneath it. And when you can look a little bit deeper, you can start to resolve that and hint, it's the same way. Even when you find your underlying fear, even when you find your root cause or the thing that's dragging you back, hint, it's the same thing. You're just going to have to do it anyway. (laughs) You're just going to have to do it anyway. So yeah, you might be afraid of what people think of you, but can you be the person that does it anyway? So that over time through repetition, it becomes more comfortable for you and you build your window of tolerance to that thing. And over time, you're not so afraid anymore. And of course, yes, there's probably a little bit of support you could have. You could do a little bit of work with someone to uncover what's going on, to release it from your body, all of those things. That's not for today's episode. But ultimately what I'm getting at is that if you are holding back and you're waiting to feel a certain way, what we want to do is actually almost go into robot, (laughs) neutralize it and think, okay, if I were to feel confident, what would I be doing? And then we want to focus on the doing and not the feeling. The feeling is what you get after but the doing is the first piece. So where are you not taking action and what do you need to do right now so that you can feel confident, so that you can feel self-trust? We've just got it a little bit backwards and it's a conversation that I've just seen a lot online. Like, you know, you need to build your self-trust, you need to build your confidence. And yes, that's important, but the way you do that ultimately is by doing things without that feeling. That, that's it. We've been focusing way too much on these are the things that we need to feel, but actually it's what do I need to do so that I get to be the beneficiary of those feelings at the end. So that is all from me today. Thank you for being back with me. I'm very excited to do 2024 with you. I hope you had a brilliant start to the year. I am so excited to get back into an incredible year. We've got Level Up coming up again soon, which is my signature program for a lot of this work, really, mindset work, belief work, subconscious reprogramming, designing your life with your values in mind. It is the number one course to do really if you need to understand yourself and want to come home to yourself and know what direction to go in and have all of the tools to program your mind, your beliefs and your actions to get you there. That will be coming up soon. And I'm starting again with my one-on-one clients. I actually don't have any uh, availability for one-on-one clients at the moment. However, if you want to pop yourself onto the wait list, you can just apply to the link that's in my show notes and is in my Instagram. And that is about all from me. I'm off to the shops. I'm going to go get some food and do some meal prep. I love you. And I'm so happy to be back. Share this if it resonated. I would love to hear from you. Tag me so that we can have a chat and I can hear how this landed. Let me know what your action step is that you're going to do. And I will see you back here next week. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Mind School podcast. It is a massive intention of mine to continue to grow this show because the more the show grows, the better the guests get and I know that is going to be so powerful for you listening. So... If I could ask this massive favor, it would mean the world if you could please leave a review, hit the follow button or leave a rating on Spotify so that we can continue to grow this show and bring you the juiciest, most thought-provoking and expansive conversations through incredible guests. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see you next week.